0: Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: On this episode, it's a given that pastures and land growing forages store additional carbon in the soil. The question is how much carbon is stored and which management practices increase forage production. There is a new five-year carbon soil mapping study that aims to answer those questions. The joint effort between the research scientists at the University of Saskatchewan and University of Alberta will be conducted in Saskatchewan. Cameron Carlisle is a University of Alberta rangeland ecologist and he will talk about the project and how it will quantify the environmental benefits of grazing cattle. Saskatchewan's port producers are calling on the federal government to follow the lead of other countries and exempt ground beef and pork from proposed front-of-package labeling that would require symbols indicating products are high in fat, sugar, or sodium. Toby Cheddar is the chair of the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board and he says the implications for pork and beef producers are concerning. After the break, Cameron Carlisle. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice
0: McFarland.
1: Cameron Carlisle is a University of Alberta rangeland ecologist working on a five year, $3.2 million carbon soil mapping project with the goal to quantify just how much carbon is stored on pastures and land producing forages. So, first of all, Cameron, tell us a little bit about this project.
0: One of the issues facing our grasslands is their conversion to other land uses, and when that happens, a large portion of the carbon often leaves out of the soil and goes into the atmosphere. And so there is certainly motivation for uh, trying to reward producers for maintaining the land base as it is, because that will help to keep carbon in the soil.
1: Now, at the end of the study, how will the data be able to set a baseline for carbon levels that are stored in the soil?
0: The data that we produce could certainly be used to help inform carbon offset protocols. The data that we're going to generate is going to establish a baseline for the amount of carbon that's being stored out on the landscape. And then it's also going to identify those management practices that can increase the amount of of carbon. And from a producer's perspective, that could allow them to identify whether or not they might want to change what they're doing in order to take advantage of carbon offsets should they become available.
1: So do high carbon levels in the soil actually produce better forage yields?
0: The relationship we would expect to find is that as we increase the amount of carbon in the soil, that should lead to better forage. The reason for that is that when there's more carbon in the soil, that often leads to circumstances where there's better uh, nutrient cycling, so there's more nutrients available for plant growth. and Soils with more carbon also do a better job of holding on to water. So, of course, water is very important for plant production. And so managing for increasing carbon could also be beneficial in terms of climate resiliency and, and mitigating the, the effects of drought on forage production.
1: Now, I understand the study will have a two-part process. Could you explain those for us?
0: So, the first step is related to the mapping component of the project. We're going to be doing some digital mapping that covers that entire area and divides up the landscape by environmental factors such as underlying soil types, topography, and different regions of the province. And then the second component is that, you know, we're really interested in trying to identify different management practices that are either advantageous or maybe disadvantageous for putting more carbon into the ground. So in that second phase, you know, we're going to be looking for producers that are doing different land management practices who are willing to have us sample their soils so that we can find out how much carbon is, is in the ground as a result of those uh, potentially beneficial management practices.
1: You will have two teams of students that will be working on this and they'll be spending the summer gathering soil samples as well as forage quality and yield information as well?
0: We use a uh, a small side-by-side that's equipped with a soil core to collect the samples and we'll be doing that at as many as 400 locations we we expect over the next three summers starting in 2023.
1: Now, with uh, 400 locations, uh, you're going to be covering a very large area of Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah, we're, we're essentially going to be covering most of the, the southern half of the, the province where uh, grazing is, is occurring. So right up from the parkland and then south to the border.
1: And uh, will this study cover grasslands and pasture and land producing forages?
0: we're going to be looking at grazing on native grasslands and also in tame pasture. And then we'll also be looking at haylands. But on all of those, we'll be digging into some more detail to try and understand the beneficial management practices. So in uh, native grasslands, that might be looking at the timing and the length and the number of cattle that are in a pasture. On hayland, it might be something like asking whether or not a producer is applying manure to that pasture in order to fertilize it and whether that has a beneficial role.
1: Cameron Carlisle is a University of Alberta rangeland ecologist and he is one of the research leads in a five-year carbon soil mapping project to be conducted in Saskatchewan. After the break, Toby Cheddar with the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: Saskatchewan's pork producers are among a growing list of producers that are calling on the federal government to follow the lead of other countries and exempt ground beef and ground pork from proposed front of package labeling. I'm speaking with Toby Cheddar with the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board. Toby, it's uh, clear that there are some very serious implications for pork and beef producers.
2: So pork and beef and pork cuts are exempt from the, this front of packaging labeling. But if it's ground up, as Canada proposed, changes would mean that the ground beef and ground pork would have to receive a front of package label. The assessment is based on raw product, but much of the fat from ground pork and ground beef is removed through the cooking process.
1: Can you just explain for us what the position of the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board is?
2: And ground meat should be exempt from the uh, Health Canada-proposed front-of-package uh, front of, label sh- front of package labeling, like other nutritious foods such as single-ingredient meat cuts, uh, milk, eggs, vegetables, and fruit. FOVP labeling should address the real nutrition priority. Canadians need to reduce their consumption of highly processed foods. Statistics Canada reports approximately half of the calories Canadians consume come from nutrient-poor ultra-processed foods,
1: what are the implications of this proposed change for consumers?
2: Reduction in whole foods like ground pork and brown, ground beef consumption will have a very small impact at best on the Canadians overall intake of saturated fat while at the same time putting vulnerable populations including women and children at risk of inadequate iron, zinc and vitamin B12 intakes and deficiencies. Recent studies have shown that ground meat is a small contributor the overall saturated fat for Canadians are consuming. It's around uh, 4%.
1: What do you want consumers to know about the nutritional aspects of pork?
2: Ground pork is a nutrient-dense, complete protein, and it contributes iron, zinc, and vitamin B12 and other essential nutrients to the Canadian diet.
1: What role does Sask Pork and its members uh, feel should be uh, with government when it comes to food labelling?
2: Well, other countries that have implemented there, these FOP regulations have chosen to exempt all single ingredient whole foods, including raw meat. The advice that the government of Canada provides to consumers regarding healthy food choices will only be more important to Canadians as they rebound from a pandemic and navigate through all these fears of, regarding food security at a time when inflation and food prices are at an all-time high. Just by verifying a traditional popular nutrient-dense food like ground pork and beef, that doesn't serve well for Canadians.
1: Thanks for this, Toby. And was there anything else that you wanted to add?
2: Well, we are concerned of the potential trade implications and the impressions it's going to have putting this label on ground pork and the implications it's going to have to our trading partners. Around 70% of Canadian pork is designed for export in markets, and a warning label is not a positive signal if you need to send anything to your trading partners.
1: Toby Cheddar is the chair of the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board. This is the Agriculture News and Review for the wake of June 13, 2022. The Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions do not want to see cross-compliance included in a new five-year agriculture policy framework, which covers federal, provincial programs such as crop insurance, agri-stability and agri-invest. General Manager Tom Steve said there should be no connection between spending on environmental measures and various farm supplies. Support programs The Grain Farmers of Ontario agree with the position that money for climate-related programs must remain separate from the amount budgeted for business risk management programs. There wasn't any bullish news in the key USDA production demand estimates report. World wheat consumption estimates were down 1.5 million tonnes, mostly in India. The new crop U.S. supply estimate was increased by 8 million tonnes, which was less than expected. Two Alberta livestock groups urged Health Canada to exempt ground beef from the proposed front-of-package regulations. Health Canada's proposed FOP would require ground beef sold at retail to carry a high-end saturated fat warning label, unlike other single-ingredient foods like meat, milk, eggs, vegetables and fruit. Alberta Cattle Feeders Vice Chair Keith Gregory said he is confused and concerned as to why ground beef would need to carry this front-of-package warning label. Canada will be the only jurisdiction in the world placing a health warning label on its ground beef. Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute in Portage-la-Prairie will close its doors at the end of July. President and CEO Leah Olson said after looking at its business model, they needed to change how they operate it. The testing services will cease to be offered out of the Portage location at the end of July. Two positions will be terminated at the end of August. The majority of PAMI's staff will be co-located with other industry leaders in Winnipeg Portage and Brandon. PAMI's head office is in Saskatchewan. Farmers Business Network is expanding its footprint in Western Canada. The crop input retailer started construction on a 198,000-square-foot facility in Saskatoon. Most of the crop inputs the company sells are herbicides, fungicides and insecticides. Construction is scheduled to be completed in November. FBN has two other locations in Saskatchewan as well as BC, Alberta, Manitoba and Ontario. Statistics Canada reported that in 2021, the number of temporary foreign workers saw its strongest growth since 2016. Canada welcomed roughly 61,700 temporary foreign workers in the agriculture sector, up 11.9% from 2020. Temporary foreign workers represented around one quarter of all agriculture workers in 2021. A total of 168 countries were represented among the TFW population who worked in Canada's agriculture sector last year. The federal government announced it would help BHP Billiton advance the development of its low-emissions potash mine. BHP will invest more than $7.5 million in Janssen Stage 1 and anticipates the mine will be operational by 2027 with an initial production capacity of 4.3 to 4.5 million tonnes of potash per year, increasing Canada's potash production by nearly 22%. Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry, François-Philippe Champagne, says the agreement in principle will mean up to $100 million investment from the federal government via the Strategic Innovation Fund. The mine is expected to generate the lowest direct on-site emissions intensity at any potash mine.